You're listening to the PCAST, presented by CDE Lightband. Each week we take your own Austin the Athletics Department, occasionally the OEC thanks to our good friends at CDE. I am Colby Wilson. He is Casey Greger. Welcome to the nation's top-ranked Austin Podcast, hopefully COVID-free for another two weeks. Casey, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. Got the nose swab again today. It wasn't as bad as the last one. No, no, I don't think anybody... Uh, I don't think anybody actually touched my brain with this one. That's always uh it's oh. nice it's nice to get your nose swabbed and not have your brain scraped. It was a good time. It was a good time. Also a good time. Our fundraising efforts last year. Some would say that Austin P uh, got the bag. Even in the midst of these uncertain times, TM. Two and almost three quarters of a million raised for Austin P Athletics, the second most in department history. Uh, putting over six million the last two years, the best two-year fundraising period in department history. Um, Shout out to our friend Jordan Harmon. Jordan Harmon, getting who did the, the official bag getter of Austin P yeah, Athletics. The bag he needs to get that on a business card. That's right. Bag him, getter. I told him before. Someone's like, "What's Harmon do?" I was like, "Oh, he just gets the bag. He he get them checks, boy. He just ca- straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. I mean, obviously, we also can't say that without thanking the." extremely generous spirits who give the bag to right, Harmon. the donors yeah. and everybody involved. Thank you yeah. for helping us keep this podcast going. The podcast going, the lights on in the building. Um, it's all a good time. All the new things we're getting around here. Our student-athletes also thank you. Yeah, our student-athletes thank you from the bottom of their hearts because uh, I've been here a while. You've been here a while, but not as much of a while. Things Business has picked up uh, here at Austin Peak. Some would say it's booming. It, it is... Maybe not booming, but it is certainly um, there. There's a, a much thund- more than a whisper. Oh, so there, there's a, there's a little bit of a, a hint, a roll, a roll there's of a, thunder. There's a roll of thunder. There's some a would say. Roll of thunder. You know where else there's a roll of thunder? On the defensive line. On the governor's defensive line. Oh boy. Gee, Wilkers, we've begun our positional previews for uh, Austin athletics or Austin football this week. Um, Obviously, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. The it's. I feel like everything should be couched with a. This is what our preview is, assuming we get to play in the near future, which we hope. But either way, we soldier on. I know the other teams don't want to see us. Is our defensive line? No, uh, too deep. Too deep at every position. Studs all the way down. They hit you and it hurts. I. It, you know, the best. Interior defensive tackle pairing in this league. Josepha Smith, John Wesley Whiteside. I will brook no further arguments. If you would like to talk about that, you can come on the podcast and we will prove you wrong. Second best defensive tackle pairing in this league. Oh, boy. Damian Barber, Mason Harwell. Our twos. Boom. Good luck running on us, though. Harwell was a starter in games last year. Like- Harwell was the opening night starter. And Damian Barber, all he was was a four-star who got signed at Penn State. So he's oh, probably okay. Whoops. Are bad. Yeah. So uh, try to run the ball. Best of luck. We can't forget about the ends either. Matthew Gale, Matt, Kwame White Sutton, Matt, or, excuse me, Kwame Sutton. Kwame Sutton, Matt Gale. Um, I mean, you've got just a, a, a bring plethora. Bring the heat off the end. A plethora. A plethora. A potpourri. You don't, you don't want to run the ball on that defensive line. You don't want to drop back and pass either. Uh, and those are your only two options, really. Yeah, you better figure something out. You better call the punter out there and just <laughs> give it back to us. Yeah, punt, say, punt, say, punt, and hope. Punt say, and hope you can uh, stop us uh, defensively. Which, 
You can't can't stop these wide receivers. Can't do that. Can't stop those wide receivers, which will be Friday's positional preview. And let me just say right now, um, D'Angelo Wilson, preseason offensive player of the year. He's that guy that you guys all forget to cover. Yeah, he's that guy that uh, gets behind all levels of your defense, and then he's running with no one within 10 yards of him, and he's also very fast. And then we just drop a bomb, and, oh, look, D'Lo scored from 70 again. Yeah, and and whoever happens to be dropping back to pass, whether it was Javon Craig last year, J.O. this year, Benico Harley every once in a while for P's and G's. Yeah, think about that, too. While D'Angelo's going over the top, Benico's just going to catch the ball five yards out, um, put every single one of your defenders on skates, and then go to the end zone. Also, one of the toughest hombres at any position. Yeah, tackling him doesn't seem like it'd be fun. He looks like... He looks mean when he's got the football. He's, he runs mean. Yeah, he does. He does run mean. He seeks contact, I believe is yeah, the phrase. It's, he's, he's not trying to spin or juke you out. He's, he's coming through your kitchen. Yes, he, 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 will, he embraces debate. He does embrace debate. And while those two are doing that, people forget about our, uh, our big target out there on the outside. Just throw it up and let Garel Samari go get it. Let Garel Samare cook. I mean, listen, pick one to cover, guys. Have fun with that, because the other two are going to cook. Yeah. And well, and then okay, fine. We're gonna we're gonna double we're gonna double two of them. We're gonna double Nico and D'Angelo. Think we can cover Garel one on one. Well, that's excellent. You now have uh, six guys to defend the rest of uh, the defense. Good Which luck. Are the rest of the offense? Uh, people forget <laughs> Jeremiah Oatsvall, preseason offense player of the year, win two two years ago. Wait, wait. Well, we're we're getting. We're getting a little ahead of Cart, ourselves. Cart, horse, let's okay. uh, yeah, stick let's with the wide receivers. Save it, save it, we'll save it, we'll save it for next time. never know about time. the new faces in that group either. You don't know about the new faces in that group either. Very excited. Because kind of had some breakouts last year. I, well, D'Angelo, you call him a breakout, even though he's the best player in the league almost. Well, D'Angelo, I mean, D'Angelo had the fourth best, or no, it's like, when, ages and ages ago when we did the football greatest goes, which, biggest mistake of our lives, um, I, I looked it up in, like, his single season last year of yards and touchdown receptions would have been, like, seventh and ninth all time God. In, in career, career numbers, not just single season. We so, end with good luck. Yeah, best of luck. Good, good, good luck opposing corners, good luck opposing safeties, good luck opposing offensive lines. Just We you think know. you're in trouble. Yeah, uh, and we don't hate it. We do yeah, not we hate do. it a we, bit. One loves to see it. But we also can't forget some of the other sports we got around here that are also in the process of opening up. Welcome back to campus this week, our volleyball and soccer program. As we speak, the volleyballers are out there spiking them. Spiking them, setting them, spiking them. Dig set spike. On the Dunn Center floor. Love to see it. Love to see our soccer program back. They're out there kicking it. Kicking it old school. Sure. I don't know how old school it is, but. I mean, I feel. It sounds cool. Yeah, I feel like some of them have been here for quite a while now. Some of them have. We we we've got veterans. We've for got soccer. some seniors on this soccer team. We got Claire LaRose, Gibson Roth, Abby Thorell. I think we might have a couple more seniors. I might be wrong. We uh, got a, we got a few. We, we got, got some we got veterans. S- you got a good you got a good solid upper class group. Got some vets. Got some got some got some good returning young players. Anna yeah. McPhee was all OVC newcomer last year. Uh, very, don't sleep on the Guffs. Very excited to see what Tara Mannix has now that she's coming. Now back that hopefully. she's healthy. Uh, it's gonna be a new situation in goaltender. You got it. That's one. That's one spot where it's like, okay, we got some fresh blood in there. Let's see what they can do. Yeah. Also, got to replace Renee Simon. Got to replace Renee, but that could be. Speaking of Tara Mannix, could be Tara Mannix. Tara Mannix was a defender. She looked good in the scrimmage last year. She played uh, 
back there with Renee on defense. That would have been a fun defensive line. That would have been a good pairing back there. Then Boy, they had some height. They could get some headers, too. Yeah, they could. And then on the on the court with the volleyballers, I mean, it, it feels – you know, part of their breakout, I feel like, had to do with getting the beach program off the ground and getting that program going and having so many of the indoor players playing beach and losing that in the spring. I wonder, you know, how big of a loss that's going to be when it translates over to – to fall because they have a lot of people back from last year. They should obviously be making a pretty sizable progression. Could be rest for those girls too. That could to also be could, rest for them. You too. could see some of them come out just ready to go, fresh, fresh legs. You know, got a couple months off. First time playing. I think blanket across the board. Everybody's going to pop out, just excited to be doing anything again. Whenever the time comes. And you've got some good players on that team coming back. Brooke Moore's still here. She's done a whole lot of everything in her first three years yep Tegan Searing had a good freshman year last Very year as a good hitter freshman year um trying to think who else is back I mean it's just I'm excited for Kelsey Mead yes she had, she had a good start as a center last year and then you just T-Mott just wins yeah I mean t- you you roll whoever you got out have T-Mott coach them up for a couple well, weeks well, I'll, ta- I'll take I'll, her I'll take her team after training yeah game. I'll take I'll take my chances with whoever she's rolling out with each week uh, we'll roll out of here now, uh, take a quick break, and bring Blake Mitchell of the football team, our first student athlete, to roll back in right after this. I'm just sitting on your front porch wondering how could I be so far from my home. And my mind is somewhere else, but when I find it, I'll patch up where it's been blown. Blake Mitchell came to Austin to be ahead of the 2019 season. The Govs then won the 2019 OVC title. I don't think there's any way those two things could be unrelated. And now he's looking to become the rarest of all Austin football players, a two-time OVC champion. But first, the PCAST. Blake, how are you? Doing well. How about yourself? Doing all right. How has the first couple weeks been? Oh, they've been awesome. You know, our guys, uh, they were working in quarantine, and uh, everybody came, and, and I think everybody was locked in and, and ready to work. Your journey from Mississippi State walk on to all OVC. Just talk about what – everything. Just give me the overview. Well, I mean, starting out as a walk-on, uh, especially at, at a SEC program, uh, I think you learn, you know, work ethic and, and going into it with a mindset of outworking everybody that you're in there with. Uh, and so going going from that and coming here to Austin P, uh, I've always had, you know, the mentality of, of strong work ethic and always working for uh, whatever you're looking to uh, to gain. And whenever we came here and our goal was to win the OVC, I think that, that a lot of the guys, uh, you know, came together and, and it's been it's been an awesome experience. What – Help make because you're you were an Innsworth grad, right? I was. Yes, what helped make the decision for you to come back to the mid state area? Uh, it's actually kind of a crazy situation. Uh, but whenever Coach Hudspeth came here, uh, from being the tight ends coach at Mississippi State, me and him had a great relationship at Mississippi State. Uh, whenever he got the head job here, I got a call from, from a friend of mine that was up here, uh, that said, uh, what I knew about him, and I was like, oh, I love that guy. Uh, and wound up calling him the next day to congratulate him. Uh, I was already in the transfer portal and uh, was was making plans to go elsewhere and uh, called Coach Hud 
uh, kind of told him I was I was still looking around. Uh, he asked me how I'd feel about coming back home and, and being an hour away from the house and seeing my family, and uh, I, I loved it. Uh, so now I'm, I'm, I'm an hour away from hunting, fishing, or seeing my family whenever I need to. The playoff experience last year, what was that entire run like for you? I mean, it, it was incredible. You know, uh, I've never been to California before. So it was a, it was a cool welcoming there uh, to go out there and, and then, uh, you know, win big. Uh, and then, you know, Fer- we played Furman first at home. Uh, that was an awesome experience. Got to, you know, have the home crowd uh, first playoff game here. Um, and uh, just an incredible atmosphere there, seeing the support for the team and everything. Uh, then California, then we went to Montana and uh, – I don't know if I like the snow and the altitude that much, but uh, it was it was definitely an awesome experience and, and uh, you know, something that I'll, I'll definitely tell my kids about someday. The cohesion that you guys have as a unit on the field, just how strong is that bond that you have with your fellow linemen? I, I, you know, I think offensive line is one of the closest-knit groups in athletics uh, across any any board. Um, you know, you got five guys that if you're not on the same page, the offense can't run. Um, you know, we start with the ball in our hands and, and never end with it in our hands, but we start with it in our hands and, and we're, we're really uh, required to work together and, and work hard and, and make the, the offense run. And I think that us being together and on the same page is, uh, you know, probably the most important uh, group on the field to make sure if, if, if we're out of whack, then – uh, one person blows an assignment, it can end a play before it even got started. You guys do the dirty work, and you're so unsung so that when you get all OVC or Bucky gets all OVC, how does it make it that much more special that you're standing out you know, even amongst your peers because people see the work you're doing even when it's not showing up in the stat sheet necessarily? I, I think the accolades are, are awesome, and, and they, they – are great for you know a resume or, or whatever you want for indi- individual efforts, but uh, I've been an offensive lineman since the first snap I took of football, uh, and so I, I think that you know it's been ingrained in most of us that play O line at the college level that, that you're not going to get the credit, and so whenever you do, it's it's great. But I'll definitely wear that that all OVC. I'll, I'll wear that and, and be proud of it. But uh, winning the OVC, I'll definitely uh, that's first and foremost. There's more to being. I think people run away with the misconception that the offensive line are big burly dudes who knock other dudes out of the way and there's just so much more to it than that talk about the technique and the scheme that and how smart you guys have to be about your assignments i think that anybody that has not played o-line or been around an o-line room if you sat in on one meeting it'd blow your mind about how much we break down how your first step will will affect the entire play uh we break down you know our, our step needs to be six inches or if it needs to be a foot, if it need, if your toe needs to be at this angle. And uh, it, it, it's incredible how much intricate uh, detail goes into every play and learning the different, the different schemes and everything. The, like the five, five guys up front have to be smart and have to be on the same page for an offense to work. Talk a little bit about the room and the vibe because you got a new positional coach. You're obviously acclimating some new guys. Uh, just what's the overall vibe in the room been like during the camp? The vibe's been awesome. Uh, it, guys are, are positive and show up ready to work. Um, like you said, we've got a new coach in Coach Markison. Uh, he's a veteran coach, been around for a long time. Uh, and he's come in and even said that, you know, we, we've got a group that's close-knit, that's on the same page, that we all show up ready to work, ready to learn. And, um, I mean, it's been incredible. Uh, all the guys get along great. 
you know, we, uh, we all like each other outside of football. It's not like we just see each other in the facility. So, uh, it's been, it's been fantastic. And I think, uh, the guys are, are ready to get on the field. Can I ask you what you knew about Austin football before you got here? Uh, actually, I, I didn't know much about it. Uh, I got an offer from Austin P in high school from coach Healy. Uh, as soon as he had gotten here it was right before my signing day. And I, I got a, a small taste of, of his recruiting process and came up to campus, uh, and checked it out. Uh, but actually everything I knew about Austin P was through, uh, Hunter Schmeiser who graduated last year and, and, uh, played his fifth year and is done now. But uh, he played his whole career up here, played all five years up here, and he's actually had been one of my best friends since I was eight years old. Uh, and so I, I, I knew a lot about it through from his eyes, but uh, didn't know much about the program's history or anything like that. So coming in fresh, you have no you – didn't, you didn't bear the same scars that somebody like Hunter had where it's just over, 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 losing, 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 losing. How do you feel about being part of the generation, the wave that has led us to – the best football that's ever been played in this program. I mean, I, I love it. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, you know, I, I've while I wasn't here for it, I've, I've been a part of struggling teams, uh, whether that be in different sports or, or whatever it is. And I know that the beat down you can take and uh, year after year of experiencing that, um, really that was, that was why you saw so much emotion whenever we won the OVC. It was because a lot of those guys, literally whenever they showed up, we're just hoping they could win some games. They, they had no idea they were going to be conference champions, getting rings and, you know, all over social media and everything. And so uh, we definitely saw a lot of tears on that night. Tell me the significance of some of your tattoos. Uh, actually, all, all my tattoos are, are part of my story. Um, I, uh, I've, I've had a lot, of, a lot of big events in my life, and, and uh, I like to commemorate them, whether they be positive or negative. The compass. Uh, it's actually a... a represents uh my my dad uh just the leadership that he always gave me and, and kind of always uh helping direct me and where i was going what about the rose is that multiple roses i've got three roses oh um on my left arm they're uh they're from my step family um they didn't come into my life until i was 18 uh or officially whenever i was 19 i guess but uh they've, they've been a huge part of my family and and uh came into my life and and i, I see them as as very close to me i just love the you know, sometimes tattoos seem like they don't have – they just look cool, but yours all seem to have some kind of significance to them, and I think that's pretty neat. Sure. Tell me a little bit about your dog. Oh, Rhett. Uh, <laughs> Big Rhett, uh, he's, he's at school right now. Um, uh, wait, again? Oh, he's always in school. That's, that's what you learn about a bird dog. He's not even two years old yet. Uh, so bird dogs, they, they got a, a lot of training they got to do. Um, it also doesn't hurt that I'm, I'm in camp and he's being trained by a close family friend. Uh, so during camp, last thing I want is for my dog to be sitting at the house all day, uh, bored or chewing something of mine up. Uh, so, uh, I, uh, I, he's, he's back in school and, and he'll, he'll finish up, uh, right around the time of our first game and come back home and, and I'll be able to actually spend some time with him. And I'm sure my family's looking forward to game weekends whenever they get to take care of him. So your dog's smarter than most people because he stays going to school. Absolutely. Oh yeah. He, he, he'll probably have more pedigrees than I do. <laughs> And he he's your hunting dog, right? He is. Okay. And you're at, not just an avid hunter, but fishing as well, right? Love it all. I just love the outdoors, really. Noodling and bow fishing, in addition to just regular fishing, right? Tell yes, people, sir. I don't think everybody knows what noodling is. Uh, so noodling, uh, also very popularized by uh, Hillbilly Ham Fishing, uh, the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, it's, it's basically where you put your hand in somewhere, a catfish bites your hand, and you pull the catfish out and hope for the best, really. <laughs> How did you get introduced to that part of fishing? Because everybody goes and throws a rod in every once in a while, but not everybody reaches their hand into a dark place and pulls out a catfish. Uh, it was actually my, my step family. Um, I, I've got some, some step cousins and, and uncles and everything up in uh, Kentucky, about an hour north of here uh, in Calvert City. And uh, they introduced us to it uh, a couple of years ago and um, just love it, loved it ever since. Uh, I've got a video on my Instagram of uh, uh, one of our offensive tackles from Mississippi State at the time uh, pulling out a 55-pounder. Holy cow. Yes, sir. Uh, so you take, you take the guys out sometimes then? Oh, I think, I think it's a great bonding experience to have some of the guys on the boat. Um, last, last summer um, before the season – I have pictures of, of uh, Lucas Betton, uh, Elijah, Cam Miller, Trey Pruitt, a ton of the guys from here uh, that get, got on the boat with me and just went out catfishing. I think it's a great way to bond. And uh, I, love, I love introducing people to that, that side of it, especially guys that ha- haven't done it before. What is your favorite word? My favorite word. Probably go. Go, just go, go, go. Go. It's short and sweet, and you people know what you mean when you say it. What is your least favorite word? Oof. Probably dumb. Who or what inspires you? Uh, my family, uh, my my faith, uh, and my dog. <laughs> that's I mean that's big three right there. Sir, what is the last book you read for fun? Uh, Kingdom Man. Uh, it's a it's a book by Tony Evans. Um, it's a it's a book about being a man of God. Uh, it's a, it's an awesome book. I, I recommend it. What is your worst habit? Hmm. Probably biting my fingernails. I do that a lot. You work with your hands too. You better be careful. I'm telling you. What app on your phone gets the most use? <sighs> Probably YouTube. <laughs> What is the most terrifying situation you've ever found yourself in? I've, one time we flipped a uh, an Argo. You can look up what that is. There's four wheels on each side. Uh, it's a big like ATV. Um, me, and, me and one of my buddies, my little brother, were on it, and we were trying to ride up. It, it's a vehicle that goes from water to land, land to water, and it floats like a boat. It, they're incredible. Uh, they're also very dangerous. And uh, us three flipped it. Uh, trying to, we were duck hunting. We were coming out and we tried to go up the levee. And uh, whenever we went up it a little bit, there was a log under the water we couldn't see. It kicked us sideways and flipped us over and uh, flipped the Argo over, threw me into like eight feet of water. And it was about 12 degrees outside. Sun was down. And uh, I was more scared about that Argo sinking than I was my own life. <laughs> But we we wound up getting it all out. It was all okay. But I, I that was that was scary right there. Mainly because my little brother was on it too. That Argo runs pretty expensive too, doesn't it? That's, that's, that was that was the big worry right there. Yeah, I, I I can I can empathize with that a little bit. What is your idea of happiness? Hmm. Just just being content, uh, and and not in a way that that you get complacent, but content in a way that you're okay with your situation 
and you understand that, that there's not always going to be all ups, like the downs and everything, just being able to roll with, with everything that's com- that can come at you with whatever path you're taking. What is your idea of misery? Hmm. Uh, realizing there was more potential in the past than what you have in the future. That is super deep. <laughs> what makes you self-conscious? Hmm. Probably, probably uh, just other people's off the bat opinion of me. I don't know why. I think I, I think I put maybe not too much weight, but I put a lot of weight on somebody's first impression of me. Uh, what do you think people's first impression of you is? I don't know. Being 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 a big guy with tattoos, I feel like sometimes I come I almost overcompensate and try to come off as as really nice. Uh, and I, I that. I'm very self-conscious about first first impressions people get of me. What's the most embarrassing song you love? Uh, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. <laughs> I seemed ready for that one, didn't I? A little bit, yeah. It's embarrassing, but it's a good song. How would you prefer to die? Probably Shark Attack. Shark Attack? Yeah, so, so uh, Nick Screenock gave me a heads up on this one. He he said that was probably the weirdest question he had been asked. And I thought about it for a while. And I was like, probably shark attack because so few people experience it. You get, to put, you get to the pearly gates and it's like, wait till I've got the story to like, tell you. Like, here you guys go. Like, I, I think I'd have the, one of the better stories in heaven. Probably, At least one yeah. of the fewer of them. Yeah, yeah. You, you, that's a small group that's got that story. Also don't spend much time in the ocean, so they, they'd have to nitpick <laughs> when they get me. If you were reincarnated, what would you like to come back as and why? Mm, that's a good question. Definitely not something I hunt. <laughs> Probably a kangaroo. A kangaroo? I don't know. I love you know. I think Australia would be cool, and then they migrate thousands of miles, so that's cool. Uh, see a lot of the see a lot of the landscape. See, traverse the outback a little bit. Exactly. What might prompt you to lie? Hmm. Probably if I thought it would make somebody feel better. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the most popular one is everybody's trying to spare everybody else's feelings you know, like, by lying to them. No, that, that, that shirt don't make you look fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Stuff like that. Stuff like that is probably what would make me lie. What makes you hopeful? Hmm. Probably, honestly, my, my faith. Uh, you know, um, we're living in a crazy time right now, and and if you look into the scriptures and everything, you, you can see that the end times are going to be scary. But, you know, what's what's waiting on the other side is, is awesome. So we just got to are you are you a little concerned that this is the end time? Not not really concerned. Uh, if it is, you know, we'll be on the other side uh, singing his name. Uh, but uh, if it's not, we'll shoot, get through it. <laughs> we'll get through it. What is our purpose in life? Uh, I think our purpose in life is is uh, to go out and make disciples of all nations. Uh, I'm I'm a firm believer in that. Regardless of who it is, what's one question you'd ask our next guest? Hmm. Uh, what was your first memory? I feel like that would be. What was yours? Oh come on now. Uh, Oh, actually, I, I know what this is. I was like five years old, and I was in uh, preschool, and I wore my favorite hunting vest because, I mean, I was I was a little chunky 
country five-year-old kid. And uh, I roll into preschool, you know, uh, love my teacher and everything, come in, and uh, we're sitting in, in crisscross applesauce. I, I remember this so specifically. And I reach in my pocket, and I feel these 22 rat shot bullets. And I'm like, oh, no, I brought bullets to school. Like, That's not okay. And so me being the kid I am, I'm like, do I, do I just ditch him? Or I was like, no, nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just own up to it. So I went up, and I told the teacher, like, uh, and Miss Karen, I, I won't even remember her. I, I, I even remember her name. Uh, I took him out. I said, Miss Karen, I, I accidentally brought these bullets to school. She was like, oh, my goodness, honey. She was like, all right, like, I've got to go, like, show these to the principal. I was like, all right, not a big deal. Like, we owned up to it. Uh, I was then pulled out of class and sat in the principal's office and felt terrible about myself for a while until they called my dad to come up there and get me. And uh, it was really his fault, you know. <laughs> he, left the, he left the bullets in the pocket. <laughs> That's a great story. I love that. Last week, Eric Elliott asked, what was your first car? It was a... a a 2008 Toyota Tacoma. Uh, nice. Yeah, it was awesome. It did did real well in the mud. <laughs> that seems to be a, uh, something, a quality you're looking for in your vehicles. You know, not so much now. Now I'm more of looking for, for utility and getting me places. But uh, but back then, oh, we, we tore up some mud holes back then. So this year, this weird, crazy, bizarre, stupid year. Usually, as we wrap up the interview portion of this, I feel compelled to ask what your hopes are and kind of what you think your future might hold. But do you even, is that even possible to ask right now? Like, we're all just, we get through today and we figure out tomorrow. Like, do you have long and short-term goals for all this? To be honest with you, the, the only real goal I have right now is taking that first snap of the season. Uh, once we get there, then we'll worry about whatever comes after that. But I'm 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 on a snap to snap basis right now. Snap to we're all on a snap to snap basis right exactly. now. Exactly, that's a great way to look at that. Blake, I appreciate your time. Big thanks to Blake Mitchell for coming on, giving us a few minutes out of his day as the governors continue their preparations for 2020 and beyond. I think it's time to talk about Dad Strength, Mike Trout. It's always time to talk about Dad Strength, Mike Trout. Mike Trout, best player in baseball, maybe best player in baseball history. I'm not here to jump down that rabbit hole. He's the best player I've ever seen, and I saw Barry Bonds play. I, I consistently – one of the underrated things about – the MLB.TV package is that you can just kind of be mindlessly flipping around and go, I wonder what the best player in the history of baseball is doing right now. And Let's go watch. You flip to the Angels, and just about that time, Mike Trout's usually hitting a home run. And now he's got dad strength. Oh, my God. <laughs> Colby texted Boy. me the other day and said that every other player in baseball should be allowed to take steroids just to keep up with Mike Trout. I mean, you... 
It's the only. It's only fair. It's on, It really is only fair, and it's it's a real thing. I now that I have a kid, like I can lift things a lot easier. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just carrying him around all the time or what. But this is going. To, if form follows function, and Mike Trout gets the residual, he's just going to get stronger. Dad strength bump that every new dad gets. He's going to be a beast. Going to be more of a beast. Maybe. More of a beast. There we go. Uh, I mean. What's he got? Like seven home runs since eight. coming back. Eight since coming back. He hit one yesterday. Yep. And I mean, he's not just like. I mean, he is crushing these balls. Yeah, it's it's you can hear baseballs yelping. You watched. I watched the game when the Angels were down nine to nothing or whatever, and he hit two homers to come back and tie it. And like the pitches he hit out, nobody else hits. Like that pitch was on his hands, and what's he do? Yank it four hundred forty feet to left field. Yeah. Just. And then and then he he'll do every once in a while he'll do the Vlagero go down and get it. Like, That's the ones he hits the farthest. He loves that low the, pitch. The, the golf ball, the golf ball swing. He's he's got that. We forget Mike Trout's top golf swing. That's the, the greatest. The, the one that hit it over yeah, the netting. The one that landed in the next county is the greatest Twitter video of all time. Possibly. I mean, possibly. Probably. Definitely. Definitely. Obviously, in these uncertain times, TM. We are monitoring the situation with college athletics, and by the time we stop recording this and I get around to editing it, everything could have changed. But what we know in this moment, no Big Ten, no Pac-12, till next year. Not until January. Not and until January. It doesn't seem like the Big Ten's going to play football even in the spring from the way they sounded. It does seem like the Big Ten is just sort of... We'll we'll get them next year, guys. Well, I mean, Urban Meyer even said, "No, nah, I don't. I don't see it happening." And he doesn't coach in the Big Ten anymore, but he's still kind of. When, when Urban Meyer's pessimistic about your football right, chances, yeah. that's not not ideal. And the Pac-12 just doesn't seem to care. The Pac-12 could kind of use a hard reset as a football conference yeah, anyway. They, they probably like. need it. Nebraska <sighs> trying to jump ship was fun. And, well, it lasted. Get, get Nebraska back to the Big 12 where they belong. That's where they belong. The Big 12 needs to be back to 12 schools. The Big 12 needs to be back to 12 schools. The Big 10 needs to be back to 10 schools. Their nickname's the Cornhuskers. They belong in the Big 12. Yeah, I mean, come on. If, you, if you're going to be whatever about it, make them take Iowa with them. I think it's fair. In the meantime, the SEC and ACC are just, no, nah, we're going to, let's run this. The SEC could legitimately pay-per-view their games like a boxing pay-per-view i would buy every single week i'd buy I, it every week yeah i mean you could the mlb tv the sec football season it would blow you want to talk about getting a bag what 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 would be an unreasonable you're a big sec person i just don't whatever i, I watch it i don't watch it the world keeps turning what would you as a huge sec person pay you're going to get every game and they're essentially the only conference playing 10 game package you could charge $1,000 for that. People are people are already willing to spend $100 every week to go to the game. So. Wait, so you're talking like for every team in the league you get 1000 a month? I'm you, thinking it could be like the MLB TV where like you can pay for just one team's game. So you can pay that's, for, that's what I was saying. I think I think you could do the one team thing for $1,000. People would pay $1,000 to watch every game of their team. If you're going to pay $100 to go to the stadium. No, you're watch, right. You're 100% right. I'm that just, money is set aside. Like yeah. Tennessee fans have their season ticket money that they – probably aren't paying this year because there's no games okay i'll take that thousand dollars and get pay-per-view coverage of the game every week and then oh you want the entire sec package five grand give us i mean you can give you can two thousand dollars if you're already going to get a thousand if you're already in for a thousand right, you may right. As well drop the but if you do that you're going to get two thousand dollars from everybody yeah everybody will buy that 
and the SEC could just pay-per-view that. And, I mean, the SEC network. I mean, the SEC network would run it. They have the setup already. They have the announcers. They have the capability to do it. All you need to do is expand the internet platform like you know, TV. I hate to say that we've uh, figured out a way to make the SEC even more money, but we sure seem like we have. If you're listening, Greg Sankey, give us a call. We've got uh, intellectual property rights on that. We close as we... Well, we don't always close. Sometimes we open. Sometimes we really, always do it. Yeah, we got we got to talk about it. Uh, what, what's new with the apartment this week? Well, nothing. Nothing else has been fixed, but no, nothing else has been broken. I think we'll call that a push, given everything um, else. I have a roommate again, Maxwell. Maxwell has traveled back from the land of Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth, and uh, Max is back from parts unknown. He's back. He's here. I have someone to talk to at home for the first time in a month and a half, two months, whatever it's been. That part's nice. Uh, yeah, we're just uh, just kicking it. Well, good for you and good for Maxwell. The the dynamic duo rolls on. Alas, alas, what? I don't know. I don't know. That's just <laughs> that's, it just seemed like the right word for the situation. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, <laughs> as we uh, prepare to make a triumphant return to campus, uh, the return will also be for community service opportunities, for which you should see Haley Meyer. She will be able to point you in the correct directions for any and all community service opportunities that you will have here in the Greater Clarksville area. You know what else they can do? Um. Ooh, no! Wait, I know this one. Um. Oh, train a dog to walk on its hind legs. <laughs> Can either of your dogs do that? <laughs> can either of your dogs do that? No. I got the one that can barely walk on all four. Does Jack know any animals that can walk on their hind legs? Apparently Jack doesn't know any animals, period. <laughs> oh, but other things you can do. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Go P or you could follow along on our official Facebook account called Austin P Governors. Uh Shout out to our friends Eric and Robin for all of the content they're putting out on all of our social media platforms. Let's go P.com for dates, news, and stories. Casey, Cody Bush, and myself, we've got positional previews for football. Um, if there is news regarding anything Austin P. or OVC related uh, for the fall, you will probably find it there. And, you know, other things, too. This podcast, for instance, it often winds up there. You know what else is on? You can get there. You can get tickets there, but really you should come see our ticket gurus, Katie Locke, and her assistant, Long John Silver. Uh, if and when we play football, you're going to need tickets. You're not going to want to be left out. Not going to be a lot of people, so uh, get in all the information to get in the game. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, or directly on the website at letsgop.com slash podcast. Give us a rating or review on the podcast. Five stars, five stars. And if you want to suggest a guest, let us know of a local or on-campus event we shout out. Discuss the eternal conundrum of whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich. It's not. Tweet us. I'm at CWilson225. He's at C underscore Craig19. Love yourself. Love each other. Talk to you next week. Goodbye. Roller you can't start a hot dog sandwich not give me a chance to explain this. Holy roller. I got shot down in Southern California.